Hey, everybody, welcome to Snurdy Thursday. <laughs> Love it. We can throw the snurt in there instead of the dirt. Actually, we're going to talk a little bit of dirt track racing today, too. But Scott Schuster and Brian Sturgeon are on the show today. Man, this is going to be awesome. I can't wait. I've been trying to get these two guys together in here for a long time. Uh, show is brought to you by Northwest Tire and Graham Forks. They're looking to hire some people. Uh, you know what? If you're not afraid to show up for work on time and then work while you're there, job might be perfect for you. Uh, no prior work experience is necessary. Northwest Tire, they'll train the right people to uh, get great benefits. PTO, health insurance, 401k, and all that kind of good stuff. Uh, pay will depend on experience, but uh, stop into Northwest Tire on Gateway Drive to find out more. Or you can call Chad at 701-780-8473 or apply online at nwtire.com. And speaking of Chad, that's who you would call uh he is our co-host on uh, dirty snurdy thursday he might be able to make it in we're not quite sure uh anyway if you have any questions or comments feel free uh, to call or text us paul's handing me the phone here feel free to call or text us 701-213-0863 is our phone number uh on groundhog day i think it's groundhog day today and uh i heard we have six more weeks of winter uh but anyway here we go. Time now for a daily segment called Jokes My Neighbor Tells Me. Here we go. Jokes My Neighbor Tells Me. Uh, I've always said Articats are just like a normal snowmobile, except they get you where you need to go. I keep looking at him. I, I usually have a different guy here that will give me a thumbs down or a thumb up. Uh, before we talk to our guests here, a um, couple of things I do want to talk about. Uh, 17th Annual Warren Snow Days coming up Saturday, March 4th, the Vintage Snowmobile Show and Ride. Uh, for more inf- information, you can call Daryl at 218-791-5984. And, uh, of course, coming up uh, day after tomorrow, this Saturday, 11th Annual East Grand Forks Vintage Snowmobile Show. Uh, registration from 9 to 11, of course, at the Blue Moose Bar and Grill. Silent auction and raffle from 9 a.m. to 4 p.m. I uh, got the sled run weather permitting from uh, noon or at about 12.30, and it sounds like the weather's going to be pretty good. And then the awards presentation at 3.30. Uh, if you want more to find out more, uh, call Merlin. They were on the show last week, uh, 218-779-6161, or Al at 701-740-7552. And uh, watch this show again if you want to get those numbers, or you can call us up, and, uh, and we will pass those on. Uh, okay, here we go. First off to my left, he's been here before, Scott. Scott Schuster, how are you, man? Doing good, John. Happy Groundhogs Day. Yeah, yeah, there you go. How have you been? You're all uh, you're all uh, Hall of Famed out here and uh, World Championship Snowmobile Derby. It was there two weeks ago for the 60th annual. Uh, uh, Eagle River World Championship. I was there Love with a team, uh, auction block, uh, online auction company I worked with, had a champ sled entered. It was a lot of fun oh. to be in the pits once again. And yeah. It's been a while for me. But yeah, it was a great turnout, too. It's uh, Oval racing is coming back. I know. Yeah. I, and, and that is great because, um, I mean, I like the cross-country stuff, uh, but I, I, it's nice when you can spectate a whole race. You know, these cross-country races, you either got to go find a good ditch crossing and, and, and sit there and, and watch and hope or whatever, but... I love the ice racing on the ovals. And uh, Scott Schuster, by the way, he is the guy. Uh, whenever I'm talking snowmobiles, I say, Scotty, can you give me a hand here? I've been trying to get Brian Sturgeon on now for how long? And he keeps good. Uh, but anyway, he goes, let me make a phone call. And next thing you know, I got him. And uh, speaking of that, here we go. Brian Sturgeon, how are you? Welcome. Uh, welcome. Great. I'm doing great. I'm glad to finally get on your show. I think it's going to be a lot of fun here. Um, you know what? That piqued my interest in getting you on the show. In fact, um, we hadn't done a whole lot of snowmobile stuff, but uh, what really got me was uh, you guys partying up here last year at the River City Speedway for the Hall of Fame thing. And uh, we got I think we got rained out that night, Correct. and so we all ended up down at the Long Hall. And uh, we started yeah. talking there, and um, next thing you know, it's like, well, we got to get him on the show. we got to get him <laughs> on the show. And, and we were talking beforehand. Um, 
you're in Thief River Falls. That's where I'm from. Uh, in fact, you married an old classmate of mine or an old schoolmate of mine. I, I played hockey with her brothers and know the whole family. And um, yeah, so I want to know right now a little bit about you. We'll, we'll talk about the snowmobile thing later, but uh, give us the Brian Sturgeon bio, if you would. <laughs> All right. Well, I grew up in Burnsville, Minnesota. Um, spent most of my life there. I ended up moving up to Thief River Falls. I don't even remember what year it was, but I ended up moving up to Thief River Falls and working with Black Magic Motorsports while I was racing. Uh, so I got to know Tim, and I spoke into, and I was at Black Magic. Then I was the race manager for Artie Cat, and then I moved on, and now I'm still up in Thief River and still my hometown. Wife, kids, all that kind of stuff. Yep, married yep. still, Nancy, and I got three kids: Amanda, Jordy, and Ava. So Ava's their last year at NDSU. Oh. My, my son's got, he's out in Texas right now, and he's got, I got one granddaughter with him, and then my oldest daughter lives in Grand Forks here with her grandson and granddaughter, so oh, it's a wow. lot of, keeps me really busy. Yeah, and then you got one named Jordy. How, how yep. ironic is yeah, that? Right. I don't know how it's spelled. <laughs> Probably not this. Oh, the same. Oh, maybe it is. It is. Same. No kidding. Imagine yep. back in the day, Jordy, Jordy. How are you? Yeah, ya? I didn't have much, uh, <laughs> much say in that name, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> um, how long have you known this dude? Oh, boy, well over 30 years now. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you know anybody in the snowmobile world for at least over 30 years. You've known, I think you know them all. And they all have stories about you. <laughs> and some of them are true. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I actually, uh, I, I tried to get a hold of uh, Bill Sullivan, uh, and I wanted him on the show, and he kind of politely declined. Uh, I think he's having some health issues or something, but... Um, you even told me, I said, oh, yeah, you'll have a hoot. You get him on the show. I, I, I follow him on social media, and I'm almost scared to get him in here, <laughs> I think. You would have to censor a lot of it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's the nice thing about doing this show. We're not, uh, we're not sanctioned by the FCC or anything, so we can pretty much get away with um, anything here. You can't do that on the radio either. Um, okay, now tell us how you got your start in snowmobile racing. Sure. Or was that the first thing you ever raced? Yes, it really was. Um, so when I was younger, my dad raced snowmobiles. Okay. So he raced, um, my dad, my uncles um, uh, all raced. Well, my dad actually was a driver. My uncles were the mechanics. So, of course, as a young man, I was always in the shop, in the garage with them, working on stuff. I was, I was the one that was really interested in it. My older brother didn't have a whole lot of interest in it. So I was always down there bothering with my dad, wanting mm -hmm. to travel every weekend to the races. So every weekend we'd load up the family and we'd load up into a motorhome and we'd take off and go to the races for the weekend. And, you know, most of the other kids are always over playing somewhere else, you know, mm -hmm. on the snowbanks and stuff. And I wanted to be right in the action sure. and see what was going on. So I had the interest at a very young age. And then, of course, as I got older, I, you know, bought some snowmobiles and I wanted to try some racing. So I had an LT grade 6,000, I think it was, and I started doing a few cross-country races, and that's kind of where I got my start. Mm -hmm. Now, did you prefer cross-country or, or oval? Because you were really known, at least from what I can remember, uh, on the ice racing circuit. Yeah, well, you know, like I said, when I first started racing, it was it was kind of the cross-country, and like there was actually like a... It wasn't really snow cross, but it was yeah, snow Yeah, it was an events. oval where they'd put a little loop in there with yeah, a one man-made jump. Yeah, they were more like, in like fields and stuff. Yeah, you like know? they used to run in Thief River there on the right. river. Mm -hmm. So that was kind of the form of racing. And then and then as a transition, it was the nice Le Mans came, you know, was popular. Mm -hmm. So then that's when I was doing. So in basically 1980, when Artie Cat, you know, went under, I was like, God, what am I going to do now? There's no more Artie Cat snowmills, mm -hmm. you know. 
So I ended up buying a, a Polaris Nova from a guy in the old race named Jay Spear. And I'm not holding that against you. Either. Yeah, right. <laughs> and then I started um, basically Ice Le Mans racing. Mm-hmm. And then I raced on my own, you know, for quite a few years there. And and then fortunately in 19, um, in 70, no, 70, Jesus. Yeah, uh, you in, are old. <laughs> in, 80, in 87, I got the phone call from Steve Thorson to see if I wanted to come join their team as Artie Cat was you know, going to form a Formula 3 racing mm-hmm. team. And then, so then we, we still raced at Ice Le Mans for mm-hmm. a few years there. And then it was like the early 90s when, um, you know, oval racing became the popular yep. series. Yep. So then that's when we transitioned to oval racing. And I'd say overall, um, I like uh, the oval racing better just because it's a higher speed, yep. more close, intense racing. Mm-hmm. And um, it's just a lot. I mean, cross country was fun and Ice Le Mans was fun, but... Overall, I think the old racing I was preferred the most. Now, back then, they had the Formula 1s, Formula 3s, or whatever. You were Formula 3, but the Formula 1s were those the twin trackers, I believe. Did you ever get to do any laps on one of those things? No, I never did, and I always kind of wanted to, but mm. I don't know why. It just never, I don't know, the opportunities yep. never came about, I guess. And, um, you know, being, Articat was involved in it a mm-hmm. little bit with Dave Wall there sure, for, for sure. you know, a few years, but nothing real extent, and... Um, you know, I know I never really did. I always kind of wanted to, but never had the real opportunity to. I guess I never really asked him. Right, really and, and you know, weren't those more like um, is this Dave Wall sled, but it's painted like an Articat, or you know how some of the car racing is nowadays? Uh, yeah, you can call it a Chevy, but you can call it whatever you want. Uh, compared to the Formula Threes, I mean, you were if you were riding an Articat, you were getting on an Articat. Right. Most of the Formula Ones, you know, of course, they were all built from the factory. It's sure. Dave Wall was probably one of the only racers that had. From what I remember, it only had really kind of a different Formula One yep, sled. Most yep. of the other ones are right from the Scooter Race right. Factory. Yep. Right. Uh, boy, I tell you what, uh, Dave and Dermont, those guys had it going on back in the day. and uh, <laughs> They still do. Yeah, right? they still do. I was going to say, I run into them uh, every once in a while with River City Speedway here. Um, <clears throat> so you've done all the different types of, of snowmobile racing. And, and uh, if you could think about it, do you have a biggest win in your career? Yeah, there's several of them. Um, you know, I think one of the biggest weekends was the first weekend we were out at Alexandria, Minnesota, mm-hmm. back in, well, it would have been in December of, of 87, because of when I joined TS Racing, which is Steve Thorson and Dean Schwartzwalter, that was the 88 race year, but so 87 would have been in December, and we were... We um, just got joined on with um, Artie Cat, you know, and Steve and Dean were building the Formula 3 sled, and... Uh, you know, uh, if anyone who knows Steve and Dean, they, they build a beautiful sled, but they like to push it right to the mm. last second, yep. you know. Yep. Um, so we were actually um, getting ready for Alexandria. I went and did the um, Grand Rapids Snowcross race. I took just a, a Wildcat, mm-hmm. you know, and, and went over there by myself while those guys stayed home and worked on the Formula 3 sled. And we got the weekend before Alexandria. It was Saturday morning of the race. We started that sled, that Formula 3 sled, at 2.30 in the morning on Saturday morning. And we're like, okay, everyone, let's go to bed for a little while. We slept for a few hours, and we went out to the lake, and um, I just basically test drove it up and down the, mm-hmm. the, the strip, and Steve did a little clutching with it. And then we went to the, the racetrack, and um, we ended up, the, the first day was the Ice Le Mans inside the mm-hmm. old track, and we ended up, we I think we won just about everything, you know, in our qualifiers, and we get, then we got hit in the clutch side, and we bent the crankshaft, and of course we didn't have any spare parts. Oh boy! So Dean had to jump on a plane. And he flew back up to Articat and picked oh. up a crankshaft and brought one down. We, so then we built, rebuilt the thing. 
Saturday night and Sunday morning, we're back at the lake before the track, you know, and and, um, and then we got there and got everything going, and we end up winning the um, final for the Ice Le Mans race that morning, and then the afternoon was the oval segment. So mm-hmm. we're sitting there, and, and Steve's like, you know, what do you think? And I said, I don't know. I've never even raced an oval before, Steve, so I don't know what the hell I'm even doing. <laughs> yeah. So Steve goes, come on. He says, we'll go for a walk. And he walked me around the whole racetrack. It kind of told me mm-hmm. you know, where I should position myself, what I should do. And the other thing is, all the Arctic brass is here now. Oh, the first boy. big weekend. Yeah, yeah. You know, mm-hmm. all the, you know, the big, they're all eyes are on us. Because, you know, of course, they want to list with this new form of three sled. But mm-hmm. the, the, the good thing was is that, um, you know, they they had expectations of us. But they were just hoping we could win a race for the first year. First year, you know? yeah. So we already won the um, Ice Le Mans yep. earlier in the day. And we came out, we won all the oval heats, and we won the oval final. So what a way to start. You yeah, know? And I'm they, sure the brass was pretty happy. Right, and we went on that, <laughs> that year, and we only lost one race the whole year, wow. so it was pretty impressive. That is crazy. It just shows, I mean, that, you know, the kind of equipment that, that Steve and Dean build, mm-hmm. and, and, you know, it's just top-notch. And, and you know what you're talking about, Brian? Um, I've heard that same similar story coming out of your mouth before about wrenching all night on snowmobiles, <laughs> trying to get them ready to go, getting no sleep. You know, now, did you ever wrench with him or you were usually probably pitted against him? I would imagine. Well, I was working at Black Magic um, back in the early okay. 90s, and that's yeah. but I was not in the, a mechanic. I okay. worked at the Black Magic support trailer. We sold the parts oh, sure. and everything there. Over at Brian's trailer a lot, when Steve and Dean needed parts, they mm-hmm. would come to us okay. and we would supply the parts to them. Where I did more wrenching was with Guy Uselinger. Okay. And uh, the one year was on Articat, and then after that, he was on Skidoo for uh, quite a few years. And then then I had to leave guys' teams. I started selling Articats again. So, <laughs> Sure, sure. Um, I remember uh, <laughs> he's flexing for us over there. <laughs> I remember, um, uh, which Berthwick was it? Or not Berthwick. Um, uh, he ran the support trailer here up until a few years ago from Brooks. Burbage. Uh, Burbrick. Yeah, Larry. Larry. Larry yeah. Lawrence. Yeah. There you go. Um, yeah. Man, what a great guy. Yeah, yes. he sure was. Yeah, um, I, I, I would see him. Almost every Friday here uh, at the racetrack. And then uh, our hunting cabins are between Plummer and Brooks. So that cozy bar in Brooks is like our headquarters. So uh, I'd run into the, the whole clan. There's like 50 Burbricks back right. in the day there. So, um, uh, yeah, great yeah, guys. So really, to answer your question there about the, you know, that race was one of the highlights. But Eagle River, 2 and 95, when oh, we won that. Former 3. We actually won all four classes we entered in Eagle River that year. And, and we had some, you know, some... Uh, Stuff leading up to that race as well that uh, we had to overcome, and then to win that race was pretty special. Did you ever get to go overseas and do any racing? Yeah, yeah, but went over to Sweden and Finland and raced over there. How was that? It was really interesting. Um, you know, of course, over there it's you know snowcross, yeah, you know, yep. and big air, big snowcross. And I went over there one year, and it was Jack Struthers and Paul Mack and. Oh, a bunch of those guys that, you know, are doing all the snow cross racing and the cross country racing. And I was basically an oval guy. Mm-hmm. Then I went over there and worked with the, um, the, the Articat distributor over there. We actually, I think we, I don't remember if we shipped a sled over, if we just used one of their sleds. I can't remember, but, um, it was, it was a two day race format. Um, and the, the tracks are just, they're just so different over there. They, you know, they were big and wide and big jumps and mm-hmm. and stuff. But actually, it turned out really nice. I was actually the top qualifying. I think I finished fourth out of everybody. I was the top qualifying American over there. And wow. the old guy came over. And <laughs> so it was, it was, and it was a lot of fun over there. Good experience. Um, 
It was really neat. It was really neat. I've been to Europe a few times, but not that part. And, and I'm looking forward to doing that. Uh, you know, we talk about biggest wins. Uh, I don't know. We're, we're going to get into some wrecks and crashes. But um, ice oval racing, I mean, you know, Dave Thompson just about lost his life back yeah. in the day. Uh, Sam Sessions. Remember that. You know, not good. Um, guys get hurt. You know, oh, yeah. you get that snow dust going, and somebody falls off, and they're trying to get up and get out, and you got a sled coming down 100 miles. You ever get any, any bad wrecks where you were injured? Or, you know, are you like me? Are you like a walking wreck right now? Uh, you know, knees, back, <laughs> arms. Much. Yeah. Um, I've had uh, well, 47 broken bones. Yeah. How are you rating up there? Well, probably not quite that many broken bones, but I did get two pretty good wrecks. One of them was in Brainerd. I think that was in 89, and uh, we... Um, that was the year when Guy Usselding was racing already. Mm-hmm. It was 91. Or 90, was it 91? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. And, um, oh, he'd know. Yeah, it was. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, and, and so Guy came over and was racing um, Artie Cats that year. And of course, Guy got, you know, Steve and Dean, you know, they built the sleds for, for myself and Guy. Mm-hmm. And Guy got his new sled um, the weekend before at Beaux-Azur. And I wasn't very happy about it because it really worked well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and we got down to Brainerd. And, and we kind of, you know, the players guys, you know, the year prior, you know, we're, we're, we're pretty stout, but not, I mean, we're probably pretty even, but, mm-hmm. and they, they, they were feeling pretty good about that year. The players guys were, and we unloaded down at, uh, Brainerd and boy, did we have those guys covered and they were not happy. There was some big meetings going on that Saturday night, you know, and, and we had them really covered on the mm-hmm. racetrack. So we were, we were pretty excited for the year. And then the Sunday morning, we line up for the final we all four went into the corner. It was Mike Hool on the inside. Then I think it was Steve Hool and then Guy Ustling and me on the outside. And Mike came in, and I don't know what happened. Anyways, he kind of almost kind of like T-boned his brother Steve. Mm-hmm. And then Steve was just went into Guy, and Guy went into me. And it was like accordion. We all went flying oh, off boy. the track. And the backside of the track had a pretty steep bank on it. So um, I remember I was flying upside down, and I landed, and... Um, Landed with my arms spread, you know, stretched out, and I ended up breaking. These two fingers bent straight back here, so they snapped off. This one was actually pointing. Jerry Cornick asked me the next day, he says, how's your thumb? I said, my thumb's fine. It looked like it was broke. I said, no, that was my finger sticking out that oh, way. Boy. Oh. <laughs> and then I broke my wrist on my right side. Yeah. Oh, jeez. So I was pretty much out for the year. To, you know, I think I raced the last race of the year at Anago. Then the other big wreck I had was at, was at Anago. Um, we were over there racing. We raced on Saturday, and... You know, they, I still, still a little upset about that whole situation because they didn't have the track. It wasn't a very safe track. Mm-hmm. They had, it had rained there prior to us getting there, and then it got really cold, and the banks were froze solid. Oh, boy, yeah. And they had hay bales spaced out like every, you know, like 10 feet, mm-hmm. one hay bale. And like, well, I, and we argued. Oh, that's with really going to help. Yeah, and we argued and we argued with them and said, you know, what happens if you fall off? Are you supposed to guide yourself so you get <laughs> one of them hay bales, right? <laughs> well, that's what happened first thing Sunday morning. I, in the, one of the qualifiers, I came in and I hooked a rut or something high side and went off and I slid into the wall and kind of leg, legs first and my right leg hit the wall and then I spun around and hit the wall with my shoulder and I broke my leg um, below the knee, I think in two spots, and I multi-fractured my right arm right off. Oh, jeez. So it was a, it was a mess. And, and that, um, I had a pillow underneath my arm for, I think it was like 16 weeks. Oh, yeah, yeah. It was a nightmare, but... Um, so those are my two big wrecks that I had. Other than that, you know, of course you, you know, you, you bang yourself up a little, here. Yeah. yeah, you sprain an ankle there. Yeah, yeah you know, whatever, whatever. You know, but uh, you know, nothing real serious. No big major cuts or nothing. Just mm-hmm. broken bones. But we healed. We didn't spend days in the hospital anyway. Well, I was actually 
the one in uh, Anago, I, I actually got airlifted from the Anago Hospital over to Marshfield because um, uh, my lungs were clouded. I don't know. Oh, they, were, sure. they, they thought it was worse than it was, and the mm-hmm. nurse kept, I remember that the nurse kept saying, you know, don't worry, you're not as bad as you are. For some reason, they misdiagnosed you. But think of it this way. You're getting a helicopter ride yeah. instead of a, I was gonna say, a you got me beat. ambulance ride, you know? <laughs> I've been in an ambulance a few times, but never got to get airlifted yeah. out. And no. then, I, but then I spent, um, I was over at the Wausau, Wausau Hospital. Oh, I don't remember, whichever hospital over there, but I was there for quite a while, and I was to end up in intensive care for, I think, four days. Oh, so. boy. So it then finally came around. So, yeah. so it was it was a little scary there for a while. Now that wreck he's talking about uh, with the Dinger in there was was that the one I remember when you were in here with with Guy. Um, he had got hurt pretty yeah, good. Was right. that that same wreck? That's the same yeah. wreck. Yeah, okay. I witnessed yeah. that wreck. He had yeah. like I forget how many two hundred fifty <laughs> stitches in his ass. Wow, <laughs> wow! <laughs> Wasn't that uh, you, you talk about that? Uh, Lemar Ratnan. Uh, you know Lemar? No. Um, I know he was up at Lake of the Woods one time uh, testing something. I don't know what it was. And um, he fell off going 100 miles an hour, and that thing just basically crawled right up him and, and completely cut his leathers almost off of him. And I know he took a whole bunch of stitches in the ass, too. But, um, uh, boy, I tell you what, got a lot of people watching. Nick, Sean, Katie, Travis, Daryl watching up in Canada. Paul, Ricky, Timothy, um, a lot of people watching. we got the ice racers uh watching lake cameron ice racing association those guys I'm, i might even try to get down there this saturday um well, look at there there's a picture from snowcross oh, days yeah we're gonna we're gonna show some more pictures we got a bunch here that we'll be showing in a little while yeah, that's at brainerd right there um yep now when arctic cat when you guys were winning all these races uh, you basically dominated there for a while what was it like going through tech afterwards i mean uh-huh. it, would, would they basically tear your st- because when you hear, you know, you say the players guys weren't too happy about, you know, how you guys were doing. Do they complain more to Tech and say, you really need to tear this sled down? And, and did it end up being that way? And did Tech finally say, no, we, we've been doing this every time they kick your ass. We're not doing it anymore. How was it with Teching then? You know, with, with when we raced with USSA, it wasn't bad. I mean, sometimes we would get scrutinized a little bit and they would, you know, go a little further on our sleds than they would with others. But they were generally pretty pretty equal with everybody. Um, you know, I guess somebody maybe would complain about something or something, then they'd look at something a little more. But when we raced outside of the USA, we got a little more teched than other mm-hmm. sleds, mm-hmm. especially, you know, uh, in Valcor. I mean, we go up to Valcor and... The skidoo sleds, and this is no joke. Well, yeah, you're I mean, up, you're up in their territory there, right? The skidoo sleds would drive through the the, the teardown shack and drive right out the yeah. the back door. The bombardiers. We'd drive in the tech shop, <laughs> and we wouldn't be out of there till dark. You might as well bring a recliner, <laughs> right? And and it, it it got to the point where you know, we'll I mean, I was kind of upset about it, but but Steve and Dean were the ones there. You know, they're the ones that had to do all the work and do all that, sit there for sure. hours. So we finally, one of the last years that we were going to go up there, we finally just told Marcel, I asked if we were going to go, and we said, we're not coming. And he says, why not? I said, because we're tired of this. Mm-hmm. We get just scrutinized in tech, and we're not going to do it anymore. And then he talked, he, he called us and said, guaranteed us that we it wouldn't go through those pains like we had been yeah. the previous years. So that was the only place where we really got, you know, um, really got picked on. Wow. And, and we, we never were. I mean, we honestly, I mean, we never really, we never got caught cheating for anything. And we, one time we got, came back from Valcor and we went down to go and, and we suppose we were cheating on our fuel. You know, we brought them over to the race trailer and we opened up 
three cans of clots fuel and they tested all that with the mm-hmm. steel yeah. seal and they tested that and it was bad too and we're like Okay, what are we supposed to do? It's not our fault. You know, it's all sealed cans. Man, you're bringing back memories of the, the yeah. smell of clots. Oh, I used to love it. Um, Paul, I do have a question for you. I, I just realized uh, we've got muskox and Valvoline coming up here at the same time. You want me to swap those out because they're both produced? Okay, well, we're going to take a little break. Stay tuned. Scott Schuster, Brian Sturgeon on a snurdy Thursday. We'll be back in just a couple of minutes, all right? Hey, if you move snow with a skid steer, you've got to see the muskox difference. A patented back drag feature allows operators to blow snow while back dragging in front of obstructions. You know, garage doors, siding, and fire hydrants. Now this saves time and money while lowering injury risk by decreasing manual labor. The optional dual auger, called the dually, helps the operator eat through big snowfalls, ice-crusted snow, and blow more snow while back dragging. And the glide plate, it allows you to glide over grass and gravel without ripping up the off surfaces. Subsequently, create an instant torque of the lower cutting edge to break up snow and ice to better expose hard surfaces. See the muskox difference. Go to muskox.com or Facebook at muskox snowblowers or call 218-288-1905. See the difference for yourself. It's the muskox difference. Want an oil change in a hurry? Hey, this is not a dream when you go to Valvoline Instant Oil Change in Grand Forks. Heck, you can sit in your car while they do the oil change. It's that fast, and you don't even need an appointment. Hey, make sure to check out the toughest monster truck tour coming to Grand Forks Saturday, April 22nd at the Alaris, and check out one of these awesome trucks beforehand at Valvoline Instant Oil Change. Oil changes and more done fast so that you can get on with your day. Set Valvoline Instant Oil Change, 3325 South 38th Street, or call 701-780-8462. And make sure to tell them GFBS I'm surprised you. Pete hasn't texted yeah. me at all. <laughs> all right, here we are back on a snurdy Thursday, everybody. Scott Schuster, Brian Sturgeon on the show today. How about that? You know, uh, Brian, back in the day, um, boy, I, I, I can still remember uh, the posters, uh, you had toys, Brian Sturgeon, snowmobile toys. Um, you were kind of treated like a rock star back in the day. Um, how fun was that? It was. Really Did it bother fun. you or not? No, it didn't really bother me. And you know, I didn't think that I was over and above anybody else either. You know, it was, it was really kind of neat and fortunate that you know I you know Artie Cat would release you know whatever magazines mm-hmm. or posters, and I'd be on there. And like you said, they did make that model snowmobile that one year, and. Yeah, it was really neat to see that kind of stuff. It's just fortunate, you know, that I was able to. We're gonna check out some pictures here. I tell you what, why don't you just uh, follow through, and uh, you can you can just kind of explain what is what here. Uh, let's see. Okay, they're not coming. There we go. All right. Well, that's Scott. That's Schuster. <laughs> and where this was just recently. This was about three years ago at USXC. The guy with me is Andy Mack. Uh, we kind of tag team putting on the races with Brian Nelson for okay. quite a few years. Yeah. Okay. That's at the Hall yeah. of Fame when Brian got inducted into the Hall of Fame. Or cool. Yeah. They give you a new team Arctic jacket to wear to that? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> they better. <laughs> That's the Grand Fork Speedway, December of 78. Yeah. The 79 racing season. Uh, that's at the Grand Fork Speedway. The Look at the crowd we Isn't had. Isn't that uh, crazy? Yeah. 
I remember watching those, uh, sitting with Dale Cormican and his kid Sean back in the yeah. day. Yep. I'm in the crowd. You can point me out right below there. <laughs> there you go. I could, well, you'd know if it was, I was there because you'd see my head. Oh, no wonder Scott <laughs> sent that picture and you've seen the crowd. <laughs> there I am, right there. Uh, history on that picture, it was uh, Mike Witherall, the flagman at the Speedway, found a 16 by 20 in one of the storage rooms. He gave it to me and I brought it to Rock Tweetin, uh, Tweetin's Photography and Grafton, had it restored. Yep. And I made a few extra copies. I brought one last year to the Hall of Fame. I do the auction there, and it sold for five hundred dollars. Nice. No kidding. Yeah. Willie was still he was flagging back then, huh? Well, he wasn't at that that time, but he's okay. he just found it uh, like oh, a year sure. ago. Yeah. And there it is, the Brian yeah. Sturgeon number thirty ZR four forty Snow Pro toy. Yeah, that's a race replica sled that they built and, and sold them through the dealerships. Wow, gosh, I remember when you could get those things. You know, and a guy should have just. Gobble them up. Look at that, kid. <laughs> yeah. When the hats stood about eight inches high. Remember the old school hats? Right. Gosh, I, I, you know, this brings back, I, I love doing these shows like this because it just brings back so many memories. But, I, I mean, I can remember that. That picture's after the stash. Oh, yeah. I thought we had one of the stash. <laughs> you know, maybe we might not have got them all in. Well, that's um, good. <laughs> that's pretty cool. That is very cool. Yeah. All right. Um. The Hall of Fame, uh, how do they do that? Do they just call you up and say, hey, uh, we're with the Snowmobile Racing Hall of Fame, and you are our next contestant? <laughs> how does that work? Well, basically, I mean, um, yeah, uh, I was sitting at, I mean, there's a process to, to get to there, mm -hmm. but um, I was just sitting at home one day, and, and Craig Marchbank called me and said, hey, I'm Craig Marchbank. You, you know who I am? I said, yeah, I know who we are, Craig. And we talked for a while, and he said, how do we get you more involved in the Hall of Fame? And I said, well, I said, you know, I haven't, I said, I'd like to get back to Eagle River to the Derby and I'd like to get to the Hall of Fame events as well. But I said, you know, I finally, my last um, child graduated and I don't have to chase hockey and mm -hmm. everything else. Yep. So now I'm going to have some more time freed up. So I'll be able to get to more events that I'd like to go to. He says, well, he says, how about if we make you come back to the Hall of Fame? I said, what do you mean? He said, well, you've been, in, you're going to be inducted next year. Wow. <laughs> I was like, wow. That's pretty cool. I said, that's amazing. You know, it was a, it, yeah, it's a big honor. I mean, it was, it's something that, uh, it's, it's really neat. So knowing uh, who you married, did you know you were probably going to be marrying the sport of hockey also? <laughs> uh, because that's a pretty big hockey name in that area. <laughs> yeah, no, I knew that, you know, <laughs> Nancy liked hockey and, mm -hmm. um, and you know, we will, we go to all the games and stuff. Sure. Yeah. So. Well, that's the thing then. So we've, you know, well, I was, you know, running to all the different races every mm -hmm. weekend when I was a race manager, you know, she's at home with the three kids. And of yep. course, Steve Rivers got three sheets of ice. Sometimes we had a kid at each sheet of sure. ice and she's sure. trying to manage all that. And I'm running every weekend. And <laughs> so, you know, she, of course, loved hockey. And then she's like, you know, we talked in the later years and it's like, well, you know, I thought Jordy would be a racer, you know, since you were a racer. Mm -hmm. I'm like, well, what do you want to do? You, can, yeah. you can't do both. You got to right. do one or the other. Sure. And I said, you know, so I said, you know, that hockey was the, the the chosen way, and you know, I said, and plus, I said, racing gets a little expensive. Yeah, you're, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, yeah, and yeah, people complain about hockey being expensive, but right. um, I'm guessing you would have probably had a couple of brother-in-laws that wouldn't talk to you very much if your kid wasn't <laughs> playing hockey. Um, excuse me, I want to talk about. We had mentioned this at the beginning of the show. Um, you also dabbled in dirt track racing. Um, you ran a lightning sprint or what they call a mini, mini sprints sprint. back then. Yeah. Um, how many years did you run that? Because I remember it was a, a Arctic cat car basically. Yeah, I think we raced it for three years. Um, we actually, I was working with Tim Berg at black magic motorsports and Tim helped a guy out in California 
with this sled, with motor stuff and that. And the guy decided he wanted to sell it. And Tim asked me if I'd, hey, what do you think about racing mini sprints? I said, I don't know. They're kind of cool. I've never been in a sprint car, never been mm-hmm. in anything. So him and I flew out to California, and we looked at it in the guy's garage. And, and I said, yeah, I'll buy it. And let's buy it and have some fun with it, you know. So we got it back. We shipped it back to California or from California back to Thief River and got the car. So we had a 550, you know, twin motor in it. We ran it on alcohol. And um, yeah, it was a lot of fun. It uh, very time consuming, but very a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. And we had great success with it. I mean, the thing, you know, we basically when we had that, we were about one of the only two strokes. We yep. raced it up in yep. Greenbush at, at Wall Brothers track, and we were one of the only two strokes originally. Most everybody else had the four strokes, yep. and they all laughed at us until we pretty much started, you know, laying it to them. Oh, you know, and you did. <laughs> I mean, at least at River City Speedway, I I remember you won probably the majority of the races that I ever saw back then. Um, and it was funny because back then um, you talked to some of the old guys, uh, the old hall of famer dirt track guys, the swanglers and, and guys like that. And when, when they, these mini sprints first came out, a lot of people complained about them because they didn't like the noise <laughs> to me. I would close my eyes and pretend it's at Eagle River or Alexandria <laughs> or something like that. Because to me, that was, that was like the sound of music. Um, I loved it. Now, you know, now they're all running these crotch rocket motors, yeah. uh, you know, motorcycle motors. But back then, you could always tell the snowmobile ones because you had the big clutch cover on the side, you know, and, and there was just so many different types. But um, did that ever pique your interest about maybe getting into more dirt track stuff? Or was that just kind of fun for a while? It did, but I did. I actually did race a, a Wyzota modified one day for Russell Holton. Oh, uh, sure, Dale. No, the other, the Holton brother. He couldn't um, make it to one race, so he asked me if I wanted to race his car up in Winnipeg. Oh, so he raced up there. That was that was fun. It yeah. was a lot of fun. That's a high speed track up there. Yeah, too, with big I, bangs. Geez, you know, I remember back in the day, Dale had actually bought a Nosa Sprint. But he was too he was too scared to drive it, and yeah. he asked me if I wanted to go hot lap at one time, and I'm like, I get asked to hot lap cars all the time, and, and thank goodness I drink beer because that's always my excuse. It's like, no, nah, I've had a couple of beers, I'm not going to. But thank you. Um, actually, I'm scared to death of wrecking somebody's right. stuff. Um, I'm a firm believer in Murphy's Law. If it can go wrong, it probably will with me. You know, I could see coming out of turn four and something breaks and you smuck the wall head on and pretty soon you're destroying somebody's car. But um, you ever do any work on a, on a mini sprint? Uh, full sprint uh, for okay. Mike Johnson. Oh, Mike, back, yeah. sure. Yeah. McDonald's car back in the day. Yep. Ten years I had with Mike Johnson and Jeff Liebrich. That was a lot of So you of must fun. be good friends with Liebrich then. I know him very well. Yeah, yeah. Liebrich's a great guy. Well, yeah, we I, did we talk one time at, was that at Bennett's? Ben yes. Bulldog's son-in-law. Yeah, yeah this, this summer. And was yeah. Liebrich there? Yep. I thought so. I yeah, thought he lives, so. He lives across the alley from Jeff. Uh, sure. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because um, I remember when Jeff got into the Hall of Fame, um, I went and met him in his garage. And because, and, uh, you know, he, he made a little bio for himself for me. And I went and met him in the garage. And uh, Jeff's bio was like nine pages long, by the way. Um, um, <laughs> but... Uh, with with uh, Johnson, uh, you couldn't meet a nicer guy. Exactly. I mean, just a super humble, humble, nice guy. Um, that lightning sprint or the or the mini sprint you ran, why did that thing smoke so much? I've said this time and time again to people, and, and everybody seems to not be able to remember that. I remember it because, for one thing, I was an Articat fanatic, and I loved that car. I loved the fact that you were winning with that thing all the time. But to me, it seemed like it smoked a lot. Do, do you remember that? Or am I just, 
I've always said the 80s was hard on me now. Uh, maybe my memory was a little foggy, but um, it seemed to me that that sled always smoked, or that car always smoked so much. I don't really remember a lot of it being smoking. I guess I would, um, maybe the guys behind me noticed it. More yeah, I yeah, but, I was uh, like mosquito uh, control here. Yeah. And, and, you know, maybe it was a snowmobile engine versus motorcycle right. motor, you know, type thing. I, I don't know. Um, yeah, I, I thought at that time maybe they were messing around with because wasn't that about the time when they were just starting to introduce fuel injection to the snowmobiles? Yeah, but we didn't have a fuel ejection. There was a carburetor. Okay, motor. it was yeah, a carburetor. Yep. You know, it's funny when it comes to snowmobile racing because whether you're an Arctic cat or not, and like Polaris clutches the number one clutch, and it, how many were Arctic cat sleds completely 100% Arctic cat sleds when you went onto the ice? Yeah. Yeah, everything came from Arctic cat. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, those guys, they had the hydraulic brakes before anybody. You know, they had all the, the stuff that's like, how come we didn't have all that said? <laughs> um, favorite sled you ever raced? You know, there's so many of them. Um, we had a picture up a little earlier, but with that 90 EXT special, it was mm-hmm. a really fun Gosh, sled. Gosh, I remember when they came um, out, yeah. Some of them other EXZRs, um, that form, our former three, you know, the 95 former three was so fun. It actually, that um, the little... Uh, I can't remember what the class was, where it was with the kind of the prowler mod sleds that we oh, had. Oh, that mod two. Mod two. Yeah. Sled, oh, sure. Yeah. That was a lot of. So I, I don't really have a favorite one because there were so many of them that were fun. I know probably my least favorite was the the 90, uh, Scott knows better, 91 or two. 91 one prowler that, specials. Yeah, well, oh, wild, yeah. The, oh, the 92 wild Wildcat. Wildcat. 92 Wildcat. F3. That's what, yeah. 92 F3. Oh, that was yeah. one year I couldn't wait till it ended because that sled was just a really miserable thing to drive. Last one I ever raced uh, was a Goodrich 100, was a Cougar with and, reverse and electric start. <laughs> they just wanted to they wanted me to go beat it up. Uh, Bill did. I, so I got it, and they were. I just went out and I ran out of gas with like two miles to go. Yeah, and the worst part about that, Jeremiah Johnson from Michigan, he has that sled, and he restored it, and it looks beautiful. Yep. And, um so he called me on before you know the Hall of Fame last year, and he, they're doing that legend laps. Mm-hmm. Mark Rest is doing a great job promoting that legend laps, and he wanted me to, you know, hey, I got a sled of yours. You want? You know, I want you to ride it at legend laps. And I thought, yeah, okay, okay. You know, that wouldn't be so bad. You know, I wouldn't mind doing that. And then I found out what, which one it was. I'm like, no. I said I didn't want to race that thing when Steve and Dean were working on it. <laughs> <laughs> now it's funny because when you see race car drivers, racers, whatever that uh, are in the Hall of Fame, you know, and I, I'll think of, I'll talk about NAPCAR here and NASCAR. Um, a lot of these guys, they've got their own their shop, and they've got all these old cars that they used to run and stuff. You fast forward from your racing days, you st- all of a sudden it's Brian Sturgeon, Hall of Fame member. Do you have any of your old sleds? Do you wish you still would have had them? Because you see this all the time now. Vintage snowmobiles are, are just, it's coming through. It's crazy. Um, and you'll see, well, this used to be, you know, guy's sled, or this sled was raced this year by Brian Sturgeon, blah, blah, blah. Do you have any of your old sleds? Do you wish you did if you didn't? I don't, and um, unfortunately, I don't. And, um, you know, the problem with this is Steve and Dean, you know, were the, the team owners. Mm-hmm, sure. And so I basically, you know. You were just hired, a hired hand or a hired, hired shoe. driver yep. from them and from Articad. So they actually, they were, they were sleds, basically, you know. So every year at the end of the year, we always had, whether it was a stock sled or a mod sled, we always had guys that were just kind of waiting till the end of the year to buy our sleds. Mm-hmm. So they, we never really did keep any. I do have the... Um, the one sled I really wish to probably would a couple of them that uh, seven hundred ZR seven hundred mm-hmm. that orange one that we raced. Oh sure, we raced that thing for two years, 
and that thing was just it just was incredible sledding and the worst part about it is we never gave it any attention wow. basically put fuel in it put carbides on it and that thing didn't, didn't need any help it just really? ran it just was just an unbelievable sled and that would have been nice when that one ended, ended up ended up in canada somewhere and then um you know the former three that we won eagle river which mm-hmm. would have been nice to have but i do have the hood from that one. Oh, so you that, do so that was nice and steve thorson actually had majority of the chassis and some parts for that thing but um for quite a while and then we um i can't remember someone from, from thief river was going to rebuild it for me and then we just never made it happen so do you keep in contact with any of the old school hall of famers i mean when we're all sitting here talking right now we're all old school but right? i mean old old school <laughs> you know we were, we were throwing names out there before we went on uh, the cormicans the recards the jansons coltums thompsons these guys uh Bobby Elsner, you know, and then, you know, you can throw some players guys in there too. But um, do you ever keep in touch with these guys? Do you talk to them? Have you ever, you know, talked to them or been friends with them? Yeah, you know, especially the Articat guys, sure. you know, like David and Larry, you mm-hmm. know, I see them. And, and I, I played still... fast pitch with Larry back in, <laughs> yeah. way back in the day, yeah. And I'm sure he was good. Yeah, anything, he was. Anything he did, he yep. was good. Yes, he was. I mean, you know, he got into golfing, mm-hmm. and, I mean, he didn't quit until he was the best. Oh, I sure, mean, I'm sure, yeah. I mean, uh, just the way he was. Um, and I talked to Steve Thorson, you know, mm-hmm. quite a bit still. Dean, not so much as anymore. Dean's down in Missouri now. Um, but I talked to Steve quite a bit, especially during the race season. I call him and follow up with them because he works for Steve, Shearing Speed Sports team. Sure. So he's their main guy for okay. that team. So, um, but, and then some of the other older guys, I, you know, when I run into Jim Dimmerman at different events, you mm-hmm. know, it's good. It's always good to talk to him. And so there are some of them that I see. I didn't know a lot of them, you know, but it was really neat to see and talk to a bunch of them at the Hall of Fame last year. So I'm excited about going back this year and seeing a lot of those guys too. It's, it's fun. It's, and I hadn't seen a lot of those people in quite a few years, um, that I seen at the Hall of Fame, so that was really a lot of fun. And, you know, it's almost like going to a funeral. It's like the only time you get to run right. into people you haven't seen for years anymore. Um, I know Scott, you go to a lot of races still. Yes. Um, this year, how many? How many have you been to? Only a few this year so far. Uh, I was in Eagle River two weeks ago, like mm-hmm. I mentioned earlier, and uh, it was at Pine Lake. Um, okay. Yep. Uh, I actually helped put that race on. Uh, Chad Deardall and his family are actually doing that race on their own now. So we've mm-hmm. got our old USXC crew together. That picture that we saw with uh, yep. Andy Mack and myself, uh, Andy was always my right-hand man. And uh, when, when Chad called me up and said, hey, would you help? I said, yeah, but I have to have Andy with. Mm-hmm. And plus we had other guys uh, that you know, we pretty much had a seasoned crew. So it went really smooth. We actually had a lot of compliments from ISR, International Snowmobile Racing. They were there and... And uh, Jerry Cornick, who was uh, kind of the head of that, wasn't there himself, but he heard through the grapevine that things went well, and I saw him in Eagle River, and he gave, gave me an attaboy, and that meant a lot coming yep. from Jerry. You know? Yep. Um, I, I always talk, well, we had Mike Carver on the show last year, and uh, we've had K-Dog, you know, Keegan Hauser on the show a few times, but uh, good to see guys like like uh, Mike, I mean, still doing it. <laughs> I mean, come on, man, he's still racing. He is in the but Masters. But he's, he's still winning. Yes. Um, you know, when I think of other old racers that I, that I, I would see – you know, and um, how people finished and results and all that was, uh, uh, who was it? Jerry Matson? I know he was running Masters. Is he still racing, do you know? Or did he finally call it quits? The Matson family runs the vintage class now. Okay. That's I think about they all, all, they all yeah. call their quits now, though. Yep. I think. The okay. last couple of years, I don't think they've run. But they had a whole slew of them, I think. Oh, was, I know well, they did. I mean, I think there was, well, there's Jerry, Pete, and... Yeah, Jerry, um, Pete, Jim, Jim. And, you know, all of them were racing mm-hmm. as the family, and then the then the boys, Jim's boys, got involved, so they were running the vintage sleds. And yeah, I'll tell you, I went trail riding with those with um, 
Jim and his one son and a bunch of other guys from Articat and stuff a couple of years ago. And his one boy, I'll tell you, he was leading the pack. And I'll tell you what, he can ride. Yeah. <laughs> I, I just can't see being an old guy riding a vintage sled. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's right. Like, I mean, it's like water and gas mixing. It's just not a good combination unless uh, you've been lucky your whole life. Now, when you think about all your years, Brian, I'm sure you've got a list a mile long of people that have helped you uh, through the way. But, um, Names that come to mind for you in your career? Well, the biggest thing is, you know, Artie Cat. You know, they they were a huge help. You know, Tina's Racing, Steve and Dean, Black Magic, you know, um, Woody's. You know, Woody's helped us me since, you know, they're a huge supporter because actually Steve Thorson, you know, raced for the Woody's mm-hmm. way back yep. in the day. Uh, there's so many people, you know, that helped, you know, Butch Rust, the Rusty's parts, you know, back in the Polaris days, he helped me a lot. Dale's performance, probably a lot of the people, maybe some people listening remember him. Um, I can't even think of all the other people that all helped me, but it was, it's, you know, all my sponsors that helped me, you know, mm-hmm. the B-Force Reed guys, the Super Sheer guys, the, you know, everybody. It's just, it just all was a, you know, every, every bit, a little bit helped out, you know. Um, did you guys meet when you were at Black Magic or when you were wrenching for Guy or somebody else? Or how did, because like I said at the beginning of the show, uh, you know everybody. <laughs> you do. Anybody in the snowmobile racing world, you know them. Well, I got involved with snowmobiles, uh, Selling Articat in the December, November of uh, 87, the first year Brian okay. was on Formula 3. So and just by going to races, of course, I knew who Brian was. Sure, and when well, I everybody actually, did. When I actually <laughs> met him, though, was a year later. It would have been like December of 88, and 89 racing season at Quadna Mountain by Grand Rapids. Oh, and sure. And that's when I first met Brian. Then after that, I got to know him quite well through Black Magic and mm-hmm. whatever else. And we both haul beats for Uselingers. And, oh, oh, okay. And he is as competitive in a beat truck as he was on a snowmobile. Really? really? Are, are you still hauling beats? Yep. Yeah, you are. And Are you? Oh, yeah. Are you? Yeah. No kidding, because um, well, I haul for Todd Mack. Oh, do you? And um, I, I'm going to say this. We'll have to lay down some times and uh, see what's well, going on. One of your guys, I didn't do it this year because I was in Europe and I missed out. But the year before... I dang near put my fully loaded truck in the ditch because of one of your guys. That's all well, I'm going to say, and it wasn't either one of you. We won't talk about that. <laughs> we, I had a little experience, too. Yeah, yeah. if you find out anybody, one of your drivers that had a water bottle thrown at him, oh. that's who it was. So anyway, anyway, we'll, well leave it at that because I don't know. Is, is guys out looking for a new truck for me right now, so oh, I'm pretty so. excited for next year. <laughs> you know, we had a lot of fun Actually, with Guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but we had a lot of fun when you guys were in here. Um, and and you know, Holland Beats is fun. Uh, yeah. I I thought I was supposed to go to Europe at the end of October. Well, it turned out I was wrong, and it was October 1st. <laughs> so I missed. I was gone for three weeks, and we hauled for three weeks, a little under three weeks, so I missed it all. But um, I was so worried I was going to lose my ride. You know, it's like, come on, man. I, I, want, I want my ride back next year. Don't worry. You got it. You got it. Um, uh, it's a good couple of weeks. Still, yeah. when you come up here, do you stay then or you go back home? No, every I night? just go back and forth. Wow, yeah, yeah that gets to be a lot. It that does. gets to be a it lot of driving. Be, it does, but it's fine. So now you haul. In fact, um, where the new asphalt bullshit's going to be put up there? That you guys farmed that field um, two years ago. I know for sure. Uh, right off of Seventeenth, uh, there. Yep, I bet uh, a lagoon there. Yep, 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 mm-hmm. yep. and um. So that's I live right down the road. I'm at the Riverbend Supper Club, okay, and, and that's my driveway going in there. So um, yeah, I I pass you guys all the time. And then um, yeah, what's his name too? Um, who's living up in Warroad now? Is he still driving for for Guy? I believe because uh, Gons or Tim is, isn't he? 
Tim Olson. No, Tim uh, Grabansky or, or Todd, uh, Todd, Todd Grabansky. Grabansky. Oh yeah, Todd's been there forever. And then and um, Todd's boy calls for yeah, Johnny. Johnny okay. Halls too. And then I thought there was a guy who worked for the city for Eastside for years. I thought he was. And now he moved up the world. He got married. Oh, um, Mike Coet, you're oh, thinking. Oh, Coet, yeah. He ran the yeah. harvester. Okay, yeah. okay, okay. Wow, what a small world, huh? Um, just one more question. I kind of feel bad. I don't get to talk to you as much. Um, I give you all the credit in the world, though, dude, because you're the one that gets guys like this in here. But um, And I'll ask both of you this, and, and I really don't want to ask you, but because I know you're going to be on here again eventually, but how do you want to be remembered as a racer? If, if, if somebody, like, we're doing this reminiscing now, and you're sitting around having a beer or whatever, how do you want to be remembered? I don't know. I guess it's a good question. It's a hard question. Um, I think I was a fair racer. Mm-hmm. Um, respected people on the track and raced hard. I mean, I was a hard racer because I wanted to win. Sure. I mean, and that's all I wanted to do, you know. And when we didn't have good days, the guys in the trailer didn't want to be in the trailer. Sure, right. But, so I'm just a hard, aggressive racer, fair racer. I think it would be a good way to put it. Mm-hmm. How about you? Same question. Well, I didn't race. Well, but I mean, I, okay, yeah. as a mechanic. As a mecha- <laughs> and actually, I'm more of a race promoter. Sure. I've uh, been around that forever. Um, oval racing, I worked with Black Magic and with Guy. Um, but where I re- spent my most of my time is in cross-country racing for about 15 years with USCC and USXC. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, I guess I would, is there again, being a fair official, um, not having any favorites, and probably being the, you know, the fun person to be around. Mm-hmm. Um, I mentioned Andy Mack again. Uh, together, we got to know all the racers. Um, when the races were over, we'd go to trailers and have a few beers yeah. with the guys and yeah. everything. And, <laughs> and I guess, uh, you know, well, last year, like I said, we did uh, Mine Lake again after being away from it for three years, and the welcoming that we had was overwhelming. Mm-hmm. I mean, it really made a guy feel good for what you did in the past sure. and so forth. And uh, So, yeah, there's the behind-the-scenes guy. I, I really enjoyed it. Yeah. So when it comes to the snowmobile racing fraternity, um, it, we get this all the time on Dirty Thursday about, um, you know, you got your late model guys, you got your sprint car guys, your B mods, your A mods. They're families. They consider themselves a racing family. Uh, a lot of these guys, at the end of the night, they might have gotten into a wreck with each other or whatever, but then at the end of the night, down in the pits, when the last car comes in and the beer starts coming out, you see these guys hanging out together. There's people cooking. There's fires. And there's – was snowmobile racing the same thing, or, or did you – because, I mean, it was a little different with the factory thing. You know, it was Polaris versus Skidoo versus Yamaha versus Articat. It's It's not that way with dirt track racing, but – was it kind of the same way? After a night of racing, if you were at Eagle River for a week or four days or two days, at the end of the night, would you go hang around and, and drink beers with the Polaris guys or the or the Benders from New York or any of those guys? Did you did you do that kind of stuff? Well, I actually didn't drink. Or I quit drinking. Um, well, WeFest was the last oh, weekend I did uh, raw. Go figure. I, <laughs> after WeFest, you're done for a month anyway. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, Actually, then I went. I quit drinking for the whole season. Didn't drink till okay. after the season was over with again. But as you no, know, like you said, um, your competitors on the track. Mm-hmm. But we were all pretty darn good friends off the track. Sure, and I, I would mean, imagine if you're the sober guy, because it's usually the beer that gets the courage and the dumbness, you know, to come flowing out of your mouth. And uh, I would think it would be a lot less of that if you're if you're not the guy that's drunk. And um, I think that's a good call. Uh, I. I no guys that still do that. They just don't drink when it comes time for racing. Um, world or uh, Hopefully, World of All Outs this year. I don't know if you guys are going to try to make it up or something, but that gig, when we all got together last year, I'm so glad. Uh, I can't remember if it was you that first mentioned it to me yep. that you guys were going to have a spot 
Well, then that was the first thing I was going to do was going to go find you guys in the pits. I don't know if you were over kind of by Little Canada or something over there. We did have my clerking trailer from my auction company there, and that's where we all gathered. Yeah, and then yeah. but it was raining so bad yeah. that nobody was around. And then um, I can't remember if I called you or texted you and you told me, oh, we're going down. We're going to be down here. <laughs> yeah. And, oh, yeah. and uh, yeah, Joey was one of the first guys I ran into. And, and you know, that, that's weird. Um, but actually, it was actually it was it was kind of a nice thing that it got rained out because we got to all go over to Long Haul and yeah. spend a lot of time with each other. And, sure. Because you know, basically, and then we did it, what, like a week or two later or whenever yeah. it was. Yeah, whenever the read, when they read but it, all, we kinda, all hours. We kind of all got there, and we spent an hour, an hour and a half with everybody, and then the races, and everyone, a little bit after the yeah. race, but we got to spend a lot of time bullshitting sure. with everybody Sure, it, it's over pretty tough haul. to carry on a conversation during a sprint car right. race. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> when we redid it again in uh, the August all, World of Alt Lives, yep. we all got together in my trailer again, and we had eight Snowmobile Hall of Famers at my trailer. Wow. You know, totally wow. unbelievable. You know? cool. Yeah, that is so cool. I mean, a lot, most were invited. Roger Skyme, Steve Hool came all the way yeah. from the cities. And, wow. And Dave Wall happened to be walking by, and he joined us. I mean, yeah. it, it was Archie just was a, there. Archie Simonson. Yeah. Jeepers. Guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah Guy, guy was there. Yeah. yeah, and I think that's how I ended up nabbing Guy to get on the show, too. Was yep. and, and so I, for sure, if anything like this happens again, you make sure to let me know. Because, we'll probably have a repeat. Yeah, because, you know, <laughs> I, for some reason, I got a feeling we're going to have another winter. So yeah, I, and I, I know we're so. going to be doing some more snurdy Thursdays. But um, anytime you want to come up to River City Speedway, get a hold of me first. All right, you guys. And yeah. uh, we'll make sure we treat you good. Um, <laughs> I, I appreciate you coming in. I know you made the trip from Thief River. Um, no, no it was problem. funny because my phone rang at about 730 this morning and it was unknown caller. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm not going to answer it. I'm not going to answer it. I'm going to wait for a voicemail. And it was just a spam call. And I'm like, funny. Oh. And then when you and I started texting back and forth about the pictures and stuff, I'm thinking, well, this might work. This this might work. Um, I appreciate it. No, that you guys I apologize. Came in. Last year, we, it, it's just what you do. Situations came up. Mm-hmm. But um, no, I really enjoyed it. It was a lot of fun. And yeah, we didn't get. There's so much more we could have talked about. I know. This is such a limited time, but yeah. um, no, I appreciate you having me on. Hey, we can get you back again next yeah. year, all right? Yeah. All right, that'd be, yeah. that'd be fun. Yeah. And maybe we could bring somebody else in to have a little more fun with us. Yeah. And, uh, we'll a guy along, too. <laughs> that'd be great. Yeah. I'd, that'd be great. Or get Todd or Guy or yeah. somebody. But um, Guy will have to sit behind me because that's all he ever used to see really was my tail. Like. <laughs> <laughs> We're meeting him for lunch now. So. <laughs> oh, are you going to meet him for lunch? Yeah. Uh, where are you guys going? Not sure yet. Probably Joe Blacks would be my guess. That's where okay. guy likes to go. Okay, <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, it was funny. He um, he actually knows uh, my sister in law, Dixie Horde. Oh yeah, I know. He wished yeah. her. Uh, or not my sister in law. It's my first cousin's wife. Okay, uh, Chuck is my first cousin. <laughs> okay, but uh, I saw he had wished her happy birthday. But uh, nice. you guys, uh, I can't say it enough. Again, thank you for coming in. Thank you. Um, and, and, and say hi to the whole other side of your family. They, they, I know them all. And um, right. Scott, as usual, man, uh, you pulled through again for me, and I sure appreciate it. You bet. No problem. We'll do it again. All right. There we go. Uh, Hall of Famer Brian Sturgeon uh, should be a Hall of Famer. Scott Schuster uh, in the studio today on a dirty slash snurdy Thursday. And, uh, man, I tell you what, if you can find any footage of back in the old formula three days, uh, do it. Look for it because that was when racing was really racing. Our show today, by the way, brought to you by Rumor Sports Bar and Casino. Uh, 
Uh, they've got specials, lunch and dinner all the time there. In fact, uh, they're special tonight. If you want to go have some supper between 5 and 11, sandwich and a side for only $7. All right. Uh, you can go watch any sporting event you want. They got 9,000 TVs in there. Uh, yesterday is like my favorite day at Rumors. $3 pounders all day long. Oh, nice. uh, yeah. Yeah. What a great place. Uh, lunch and dinner specials. Like I said, home of the world famous beer tower. Uh, BT, Scotty, Jake, the whole crew over at Rumors Sports Bar and Casino. In fact, uh, BT at the start of the show was outside the window here flexing for us like he likes to do. So uh, head on over to Rumors Sports Bar and Casino, all right? Uh, make sure to catch the Fork Sports Highway Show tonight at 630. Uh, Monty, Bill, and the rest of the cast, they're going to have a ton of stuff to talk about. You know, we got the GOAT in football retiring. Uh, maybe they'll even mention uh, Dr. Phil retiring and Ozzy Osbourne, too, but who knows? Uh, that show comes your way at 630. Uh, let's see. Remember to like, share, tag, and follow us, all right? Hit that notification bell on your smartphone. Every time we turn our cameras on, your phone will ding. You will never miss the show and if you uh, become a patron on podbean it's a chance for you to qualify for some pretty cool giveaways hey grand cities what a marvelous place grand fork's best source is giving it an identity again